ready for the word? Can I get an amen? Amen. Open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, Lauren, I thought, did an amazing job last week. Let's give it up for Pastor Lauren. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's look to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. We're going to be talking today about children of the light. Children of the light comes from our passage that we've been going over in the book of Ephesians, and I want to encourage you to read it if you haven't already, the whole book once a week. Starting in chapter 4, verse 17, it says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Now, I want you to remember this phrase right here, darkened in their understanding, because it is going to come up in our message today talking about children of the light. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. How many of you have been taught different? to live as a Christian as, a, as, as opposed to a non-Christian. How many of you notice there's a difference in your lifestyle now between what you are now to what you were then? So that's what Paul is saying. You were taught to live a different kind of life. Let's look at it now, verse 22, the kind of life we live. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Everybody say the new self. Thank you. Much of this is in review, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on it today. Let's keep going. Verse 25. Therefore, each one of you must put off falsehood. And here's the Christian things we're going to do now with the new self. We're going to put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anybody who's stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. How many know you have to watch your words? We all need to do that. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. How many of you are forgiven today of your sins? Then how many believe you should forgive others their sins? That's the principle. Verse 1 now, chapter 5, verses and uh, chapters weren't in the original, so we're reading it without that note here. Uh, we have the note, but we're not, we're not stopping. We're not making a break because there wasn't a break. It was one letter. That's why I ask you guys to read it monthly, or excuse me, weekly as an entire book. Every single week I read this book over and over and over again, and I get it in my spirit. When I was driving home yesterday, I listened to it. It only took about 20 minutes. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. The way of love is the way of Christ. Now look at verse 3. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. So the, the command to be holy is because you've been made holy. You don't do holy things and then get made holy. You are first made holy, and then that's why you 
do holy things. That's why you put on the new self and you don't live like the old self. That's why it's improper for you to be unholy because now you're holy. For a pig to be in mud, that's proper. For a sinner to sin, that's proper. For a for a holy person to be unholy, that's un- improper. For you to go diving in the mud, that's improper. That's the understanding there. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And that's what I talked about before I went on vacation, that you cannot do these things and inherit the kingdom of God. If you do these things, you must be honest with yourself and say, I'm not a Christian. You must be honest with yourself. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. So God's wrath is real, and it's coming on those who have done all of the things we just talked about and didn't obey God. If they, if they are disobedient, they're going to suffer the wrath of God. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Now let's read verses 8, 9, and 10 out loud together. One, two, three. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. And we'll talk about that in a few moments, but I really want you to see that as our text for the day. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret, for everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it's said, wake up, sleep, or rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. What kind of days are we living in? Evil days. So should it be a surprise to us when people do evil things? No, it's evil days. We live in an evil world. People will try to take advantage of you. People will try to hurt you and misuse you. We will see governments do evil things. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen for God's word? Amen. So when we look at God's Word, we are going through the book of Ephesians. We're taking it verse by verse because this church takes the Bible serious. I was just in the Bible Belt, and a lot of people claim to be Christians, but they know no more about the Bible than they know about being on the moon. People are lost in this generation because they don't study the Word of God. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to uh, force you to do this by manipulation. I'm here to present it to you as it was presented to those people, and it's your choice to live to uh, live by it. I've made the choice to live by it. I pray you do the same. How many are making that choice to live according to God's word? Amen. So listening to God's word over and over each week as we take on these sections should be a joy. Here's the review and a way to look at the book of Ephesians. Your homework is to go and read it this week. Opening greetings, the blessings, Paul's prayer to know God made alive in Christ, a new humanity, Paul's prayer to know God's love, the Disciples' Creed, the ministry of gifts in the church. Those have all been covered in our on past messages on our, on our website. That's called the heavenly-minded things, the things that we're supposed to have in our mind. But now we're into the earthly good things. Instructions on Christian living is what we just read. We'll get into the instructions for the family and the job. We'll get into instructions on spiritual warfare and the final greetings. See, a list like 
this doesn't intimidate me, nor should it you. This is the list of things that we just heard on Christian living. We read through it verse by verse. You have no excuse now if you do these things. If you live the opposite, rather, of these things, you have no excuse because Christ gave you his word, his truth. Now, what we have to remember in our sermon series is that we are talking today about being in Christ, and it's going to become very prevalent when we talk about children of the light, but I want you to get the graphic. I make this every week for our sermon series, and you can see it on our Facebook at the Saturday before the Sunday for the message I'm going to preach. But being in Him, in that triangle, the triangle representing the Trinity, means we're in Christ. And so today, we're children of the light because of what Christ did. Now, I want you to look at the passage as I I've read it today with you, but look at it again as we begin to explain it and see if it makes sense to you, because it shouldn't be difficult to any of us. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Now, I want us to take our time, and I don't mean this to be rude or mean in any way, but I want us to understand who is in darkness right now and who is in the light. You were once darkness, but now you are light. But what makes the difference between light and darkness? It's those who are what? In the Lord. So you can only have light if you're in the Lord. And how did Jesus teach us to be in him? He told us to be born again. John chapter 3. So now I want to be very clear with you without anybody getting mad, without anybody thinking I'm yelling at them or being sassy, I want to be very clear with you and see if you get what Paul is saying here. I'm going to ask you categories of people, and you tell me as a congregation, like you mean it, whether or not they are in light or in darkness. Those who practice Islam, are they in light or are they in darkness? Those who are not born again and practice Roman Catholicism, are they in light or are they in darkness? Listen, those who practice Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, Sikhism, are they in light or are they in darkness? Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Scientology, and every other new cult and religion that comes in, are they in light or are they in darkness? Every people that follow a governmental structure that does not place God in their government, like socialism and communism and so forth, are they in light or are they in darkness? You, before you were born again, were you in light or were you in darkness? So then what is the confusion? Our culture doesn't want to admit this. There is no confusion according to the Bible. Some people think when we talk like this, we are making human-based judgments. Let me give you the example of a human-based judgment. I hate tight pants. I will never wear tight pants. God bless me with the badunkadunk, and they don't want to go in a tight pants. I got too much junk in the trunk to put myself into tight pants. I don't want them. That's a human judgment. If I now was to say to you, you're in darkness because you wear tight pants, is that according to the Scripture or my opinion? That's my opinion. But if I say you are not in the Lord because you practice Islam and you are in darkness, is that my man-centered judgment or is that the judgment of God? Now, my friends, be honest with yourself. Are you in light or are you in darkness? You have to make that decision today. Because they, these people in Ephesus were transformed from light, uh, from darkness to light. 
That means the default starting position for every person is darkness. We are born in darkness and must be born again in light. Now, notice how this works here. It says, now you are light in the Lord. Now live as children of the light. So what comes first? Are we doing things as children of the light? and then become light in the Lord? Or are we first made light in the Lord and then do things of light? So you're made first. Do you do first or do you be first? You have to be a light in the Lord to do the things of the light in the Lord. What upsets me as a pastor the most is when I hear people tell me they are Christians and yet they do not live as light in the Lord. How can I, as a pastor, convince you that that is wrong? How many more scriptures must I show you? How many more times must I preach it? So I want us as a congregation to live as children of light or for you to attend this church and admit you are in darkness. Do not play games with us. Just because I came back from a vacation with the suntan in my chanclas does not mean I don't hate sin. I hate everything about sin. I hate darkness, and I hate everything that is in darkness. I love light. I have been made a child of the light, and I will live as a child of the light. You do the same. Don't get mad at me because I say you're a child of darkness. Take it up with your God and your creator. He was the one that spoke, let there be light out of darkness. He's the one that used the apostle to teach us the difference between light and darkness. And you may be saying, how do I know? Maybe, Pastor, I, I don't know these things. Well, here's how you know. You read the Bible. Look at what it says. You are now light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And then verse 9 clearly says, For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So if you claim to be in the light today, look at your life and see, is your life good? Is your life righteous? And do you believe the truth? If you're not good, if you're not righteous, if you're not living in the truth, you're a child of the darkness. I want to show you that again in another passage so you don't think that was just Paul making up things. If you go to 1 John with me, chapter 1, the Apostle John says the exact same thing, that there is no difference uh, in time or of generation. There's, it doesn't matter if it's 2018 or 30 A.D., in the year of our Lord when he first came and, and walked upon the earth. Look at the message. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is John the apostle speaking. He says, this is the message. Everybody say, this is the message. Thank you. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. This is the message. There is no other message. I'm going to name a name of a person right now that's getting called out by women in his church. Bill Hybels of Willow Creek is getting called out by handling women in sexual perversion. And he's had in this city 24,000 members. Are you listening to me? And I take the side of the victims. I've read their accounts of him coming into the hotel room, kissing him, uh, kissing them, touching them, and they regret not talking about it sooner. But this is their message. That is not our message. Those perverts in the pulpit defile this message. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you as Christians seeing perverts and pimps in the pulpit. 
and then they deny it, and they leave their church in hidden secrecy as if they were the CEO of Hewlett-Packard, like there's some politician or something. God, have mercy. This is not how we do church. And so he needs to repent publicly, and he's denying it now, but he needs to repent and stop hiding it. And you say, Pastor, how do you know? I have heard the testimonies, and I see his behavior, and he is in darkness. Let God be my judge if I'm wrong. Let God be my judge. And I can name other names, but I'm not here to do that. But I want to be very clear. I am tired. Listen, everybody look up at me. I am tired of people thinking because you've got 24,000 members, you know something. I wouldn't follow Bill Hybels to the drinking fountain. Are you listening to me? And I am on record for saying that three years ago. I'm disgusted with the American church today. This is the message we have heard from Jesus and declare to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness and touch our secretaries and speak to them with sex innuendos. We are liars and do not live out the truth. I don't care if it comes from a mega pastor. I will give him a mega rebuke. If we claim to have fellowship with Jesus and walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, are we sinless? We never make mistakes? No. We can make mistakes, but watch what happens. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Why are my sins forgiven? Because I'm so good? No, because he's so good. And because unlike these pervert pastors, I repent when I have lust in my heart. So I don't let it grow. And then I have locked room conversations with women who are married. And I don't ask them to come on private jets with me. You see, if you're not living according to goodness, righteousness, and truth, you're not a child of the light. So if I get upset with pastors, that's why. Now, you today as a member, I'll let you be a little bit. I'm not going to call out your name because you won't come back next week. But you know who you are if you say you love Jesus, but you're not living like him. Live like Jesus. And then verse 10, he comes against this passive-aggressive foolishness that I hear people in the church say, well, I don't know how to please God. I don't know what to do. What does the Lord want me to do? That is a passive-aggressive attack against God as if to say, I don't know, I can't know because he doesn't tell me. But the Bible says, you don't know how to act in a marriage. Go find out how to be a husband in that marriage. You don't know how to act as a mother or a wife. Go find out what pleases the Lord. Because if you seek, you shall find. You knock, the door is answered. You ask, it is answered. Not for a Lambo, not for a mansion. It's for the will of God. Ask for those things. 
ask for those things. God, how do I go to work and live holy in an unholy generation? Find out, and he'll teach you how to, he'll teach you how to please him. Joseph pleased God everywhere he was. Joseph was sold as a slave and put into a pit, and yet he pleased God. Joseph was lied on and put into prison, yet he pleased God from a slave to a prisoner. And then before Pharaoh, he didn't compromise and worship their gods. It doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. Find out what pleases the Lord. And this cannot be emphasized enough. Verse 11 have, everybody look up at me, please. I'm going to smile one last time and get back to being serious, but I love you. Now I'm serious again. Have nothing to do, nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Nothing, not a thing to do with them, not a thing. Nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. See, am I exposing Bill Hybels and the lies that he's been living under? Absolutely, and I'll keep exposing it. See, here's the difference between us and cowards in churches today. We are not cowards. We're as bold as lions, as the Bible says. Because not only do we say homosexuality is wrong for us, it's a fruitless deed of darkness. We'll have nothing to do with it. Not only do we say that gangs and violence are fruitless deeds of darkness, we'll have nothing to do with it. Not only do we say that Islam is a fruitless deed of darkness. Not only do we say that socialism and communism and atheism is a fruitless deed of darkness, but we'll stand right on the streets where the gangs are and expose the lies of the devil. We'll go right down to Belmont and Clark and preach to the gay and lesbian community. We'll stand at Wright College and tell them the truth about Jesus Christ. We didn't just come not to do bad stuff. We came to expose all that's in darkness with the light of Jesus Christ. So find us on the corners in the conflict at the front line of the battlefield. And if you're ashamed of me tomorrow at Wright College, standing nose to nose with an atheist professor, rebuking him and teaching him the ways of God, then go back to the pervert, pimping pastors with cowards in the church. But we'll stand there with Jesus because I'm not afraid to set down the mic at Wright College and say, repent and be born again. And when they walk over to me thinking I'm some stupid Christian, let them get rocked by more information, more science, more philosophy, more world history than they've learned all that time. Because we don't come out as ignoramuses. We come locked and loaded with 66 chambers filled with the Word of God, books of the Bible, and everything that confirms it. So we don't have anything to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. What are the deeds of darkness? Just go back and read the passage. The passage tells you what the fruitless deeds of darkness are. Of course, they're mentioned in other parts of the Bible, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. What are these fruitless deeds of darkness? Just go back over them. Bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, malice, the things that come out of our mouth being unwholesome, all these other things, immorality, impurity, greed, idolatry, 
These are the things we're supposed to expose and have nothing to do with drunkenness, foolish talk. This is how we live. I want at least you all here and my children to know y'all met a real disciple. Look at your neighbor and say, you might be sitting next to a real disciple. I don't know how much you believe it, but I know I believe it. You see, I'm not darkness anymore. I'm not darkness anymore. Are you in Christ? Well, you're not darkness anymore. You're not supposed to think of yourself that way. I don't care what person looks like me. Culturally, if they're in darkness, I'm going to preach the gospel to them. I don't care if they're Italian, live in a condo next to the beach I'm at, and have a yacht parked there, and they get suntans just like me, and us Italians, we love to get dark in the sun. I don't care. If I see a picture of the mother of Guadalupe on that boat, I'm going to expose it. And if he wants to kick me off that boat, that's up to him. I'll fish on the seaside. You see, we're here to expose the lies of the enemy. Expose them. We're not here to pretend there's not a difference between light and darkness. There is a vast difference between light and darkness. There's a vast difference between my house and my neighbor's house. The house and the wood and the brick may all be the same, and the food we may be all the same, but there's a difference. In my house, we serve the Lord. There is a foundation built upon Christ and the church, and we believe the Word of God. And it comes with love, it comes with peace, it comes with joy, don't get me wrong. But I think some of you have hid behind as an excuse. You've hid behind your niceanity and have called it Christianity. No, Christianity's up in your face sometimes. Christianity exposes things. Christianity exposes slavery. Christianity exposes the cultural sins like abortion. And it exposes false religion. Why do you think they hate us so much? Why do you think they will let these other religions go on in their countries, but they will burn us alive in these countries? Because they know what we stand for brings revolution to their culture. So they kill us in China. They kill us in Tibet. They kill us in Vietnam. They kill us in North Korea. They kill us in the Middle East and Sudan and Dofar. They kill us in Afghanistan. And right now, they want to convince you through media, through their education, for what they can control, that you need to become like them, that you need to become dark and hide your light. But I'm not going to hide my light. I'm going to expose their darkness. Now, it's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. There are things going on in our culture right now that I don't mention here. I've been to 12 Mardi Gras, and it's only gotten worse on the streets. Our gay pride parades in Chicago are no better. It's shameful to what's going on right now in people's lives and the secret sins that they have. So we're not going to glorify their sin. I'm not glorifying the sins and the reputation that Bill Heibel has. I'm going to mention the public things that are happening so you can know how to publicly expose them. But those filthy secret things, I don't even want my children to be exposed to the disgusting things that this world does in private. Now, that's the tough part. But here's the good part. Because every, what's the, that was good too, but I mean, it's easier to hear because it says, but everything exposed by the light, now watch this, becomes visible. 
And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. You see this part right here will blow your mind if you spend your time thinking about it. Not only do we get illuminated by the light, but we actually become a light. When you watch fire burning things, the combustible things, you know, wood and these things, there's light that's produced, right? And then what happens? You throw things that are combustible into that, and it catches on fire. And that wood becomes a part of the fire. And what God is saying to you is, I just don't want to put a light in you. I want to burn and consume you until you become light like me. Do you all even get that? God is literally giving us the privilege. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. The Bible is giving us the privilege to not just have light, but to become a light. That is why it said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. How many of you want Christ to shine on you? What you're asking for is to be consumed by him and to become like him. Do you know what the word godly means? God-like. Not that we become another god. That's idolatry. But we share in his divine nature. That's why Paul said previously, before he said this, we've already read it today, he says, put on the new self. Well, how is the new self made? The Bible says that the new self is made like God, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So what does fire do to what it burns up? It changes it to what it is. What does God do when he comes into your life? He changes you to what he is. You don't change yourself. You don't make yourself a child of the light. You don't even think yourself to that place. Look at the passage again. The passage doesn't say that you think and then become like this is some positive mental attitude, PMA, think, change, become. This is not started in your mind. It's started by God himself. And then he lights you up, sets you on fire, and you do what fire does. And so some of you are in darkness. Look at me, and I want you to see this. Some of you are in darkness, and when I talk to you about things of the light, you don't believe me because your mentality is dark. And so you say to yourself, but I couldn't change myself. I can't do this. There's no way because all you're doing is thinking in darkness. It reminds me of the story that Plato said, that there was a group of people born in darkness and lived in darkness, and all they knew was darkness. And in that cave, one got bold enough to escape and find his way out, and there he saw the beauty of light and the spectrum of color, the greenness of grass and leaves on the tree, the bright yellow sun, the blue sky, the beautiful colors of the flowers, and he goes back into that cave. And he tries to convince the other there's a light. He said, that's what it's like when you have information talking to those without information. And if they don't listen to you, that's what it's like when a wise man talks to a fool. That's where Plato left it. But you see, it goes one step further for the Christian. 
Because when we go back into that cave, we are shining brighter than the noonday sun. And our life literally lights up that cave because what we saw, we become. What was once shining on us is now shining through us. And we have now become light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. I don't know about you, but that whole entire concept captures my imagination. Light. The idea of it, photons, and all of the science behind it. And I look to the Bible, I'm just amazed at all the poetic language and prophetic language based around light. And I want to encourage you with this today. Those of you like me, who were once darkness and are now light in the Lord, and you really want to shine for Jesus, listen to these scriptures Psalms 37, 6, he will make your righteousness, your righteous reward, shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. The Bible literally says, this is amazing to me, that when he rewards us in front of the world, it will be like the sun coming up in the morning. And our vindication to what we said when they thought we were crazy will be bright like the noonday sun. I hope that paints a picture for you of encouragement. It certainly does for me. Look at what Isaiah said, and this is where we believe Paul got the idea to say, wake up and, O sleeper, Christ will shine on you. Isaiah, hundreds of years prior, said Isaiah 60, verse 1, he said, arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness, it covers the earth. Thick darkness is over all the people, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears to you. Nations will come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your dawn. Have your co-workers noticed your light yet? I can't even go on a fishing pier without them noticing. You say you're a Christian. You work with these people and they haven't noticed a difference yet. I feel sorry for you. You got that dollar store Christianity. You got that fake stuff. You got that stuff that you put on that makes your skin turn green. I can't even listen to, I'm not lying, I can't even go to a grocery store and talk more than five minutes without them knowing something's different about me. They know something's different. I sit in restaurants with my family. My kids are here and they'll tell you. We can't even go around restaurants without people saying there's something different about this family. They'll say, I have one child, and they don't even stay behaved. You have five sitting around here. People see my marriage. People see my life. And you're telling me you're a Christian? The Bible not only says that your co-workers will see your light, not only does the Bible say that your neighbors will see the light, but nations will see your light. Kings will come to the brightness of your dawn. Kings. Kings will ask you, how do you do what you do? How do you do what you do? Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and onward is one of the most beautiful scriptures of my entire life. If I was to get a tattoo, it would be this. 
It's, I just love it so much. I would just want to take it with me everywhere I go. Because it says, multitudes who sleep, this is talking about the end time, and the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Now watch this. Those who are wise on this day will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Do you get this? The Bible literally promises you, get this, the same one. I just got to back up. Do you all even know how bright a star is? One star fried my skin for a few, just being in it a few hours a day to the point where I peeled twice and had to put on lotion every single day afterward and wear long sleeves because I got burnt. The radiation power of a sun could power everything we do on this planet. Just one day's of its rays. One, days of sol- one day of solar power could power everything we do on this planet. And the same one who made it, because people want to talk to me about science. Oh, pastor, you so, you so religious, you're so stupid, you don't know anything about life. Tell me where it came from then. Tell me where it came from. Well, it came from a big bang. And I always say, who banged it and what banged so light came from nothing? Light came from a nothing, banging a nothing, and now there's light? You fool. You're not a scientist. You're an idiot. Let me tell you what science says. Science says what you test and repeat, and you can test and repeat, that's what you know is true. God said that's how it would be from, from beginning to end. He set science in order. Are you listening? And the same one who said let stars shine will say get your shine on now. Because you have led many to righteousness. C.S. Lewis said it like this. He's the one who wrote the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. His best friend was J.R.R. Tolkien of Lord of the Rings. This is what C.S. Lewis said. He said, on the day of judgment, when this literally happens, and you see those who are shameful and contemptful, you will look at them, and they will be more horrific, more disgusting than any picture you have ever imagined in your myth or of your demons, anything you've ever done. This is what C.S. Lewis said. Anything man has ever tried to make disgusting what we will see as sinners as that day as a sinner you will say that is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen you will know now why God says depart from me for I never knew you hell is your home but he said the day the sons and daughters of God are glorified in the presence of God they will be what men wanted to worship here on this earth they will be more glorious than any superhero you've ever imagined than any angel you've ever drawn. My friends, we are the envy of angels on this day. The Bible literally says he will make them brighter than the heavens. You are children of light. Children of light. On the day of resurrection, you will come to full maturity and to the light of God's presence. And you will shine brighter than the stars. There will be no more stars, no more sun in the kingdom to come. We'll read that in just a moment. But we will be the stars and Christ will be the sun. How do we know so much about light is connected to God? Because in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So He's the one that created light to begin with. Now look at verse 4. In him, in Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, 
and the darkness has not overcome it. So everybody get this today. Natural light overcomes darkness every single time. If you don't believe me, go into the deepest, darkest basement you can find to the cellar, the one you're scared to go into. Go there by yourself. Shut all the doors. Make sure it's pitch black. Tape up the windows. Tape up the floor so nothing comes in there. And come in there just with one match and a matchbook and say, darkness, let's go. And you light that match and see who wins. The light wins every single time. And I want you to hear me today. Some of you are saying, Pastor, my heart's so dark. It's so evil. I was done wrong. I have these temptations. I can't stop sinning. And this is what Jesus says. There is no darkness that can overcome his light. You're suicidal. The light of hope will overcome it. Today you're addicted. The light of self-control will overcome it. Today you feel alone. The light of God's presence will overcome your loneliness. There is not one bit of darkness that can overcome the light of Jesus Christ. You know what I love about Jesus? He came from heaven to earth. He was nothing but pure light in heaven. And he came to earth as a man to live like us. He put on an earth suit. He hid his glory from us so we couldn't see it. And if we would have, we would have died. Talk about the power of his glory. It would have killed us. That's why he told Moses, you can't even walk here with your sandals on. You're too dirty. Asadia had a word. Listen, that's how bright he was in heaven. Are you, are you tracking? But on earth, Bible says in Matthew 17, 1 through 2, he just goes, peekaboo. He goes, check this out. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And there he transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Jesus literally said, you want to know what I'm really like? You want to know what I really look like? He brought up his three trusted disciples. He didn't bring up the 5,000 who came for free in Lotes. He didn't bring up the ones who just wanted the circus in the back parking lot. He brought up his three trusted disciples who were ride or die. And he said, you want to see what I'm really like when I don't have on an earth suit? <sighs> That's who you're made in the image of. That's when it says you're a child of light. That's what you were originally made to be. Why do you think we were in the garden naked and didn't know it? How did we know we were naked after we sinned? Because the lights went out. You look at some lights, they're so bright, you can't even tell that they have a glass casing. You look at some lights, they're so bright, you can't even tell that there's that spiral phosphorus, you know, metal in there. You can't even see it. It's all you see is the light. Adam and Eve, all they saw was the glory. They didn't even see their sexual organs. It didn't even matter to them, their body because they were covered in glory. It was when they died to, to, in their spiritual life, when sin marked their flesh, that they said, look at this. What in the world? And to this day, every morning, we wake up going, what in the world? We look at ourselves in the mirror. Help us, Jesus. Hey. And then they covered themselves in fig leaves. But God's got a covering for us in redemption called glory. Are you listening? Can I show you the end of the book? 
Here's the end of the book, what Revelation chapter 21, 22 and onward says. I did not see a temple in the city. This is when heaven has come to earth. Jesus' prayer is answered because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are the temple, Father and Son there. A city that does not need a sun or a moon to shine on it. Why don't we need the sun or the moon? For the glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb is this lamp. The nations will walk by its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their splendor unto it. And on no day will its gates ever be shut. For there will be no night there. In the kingdom coming, there will never be a night. Remember, heaven is temporary. The new heavens and earth is where we live forever. Verse 26, the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. And if this doesn't bring the fear of God into you, and I'm telling you, if it can happen to other pastors, it can happen to me. That's why the Bible says when you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. This is all by the grace of God that we live holy and he'll complete the work in us. He started to the day of Christ. Are you listening? Because verse 27 says, nothing impure, nothing, nothing impure will ever, ever, never, ever enter it nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. Can I get more clear with you than what I'm doing right now, saints? I'm trying my best to preach to you. So how do we go? You become born again. Your darkness is taken away. What happens to the sins you commit now as a Christian? You repent. You don't keep sin in your heart. You don't keep impurity here. And once again, you don't pull that passive, aggressive baloney with Jesus and say, well, I don't know if it's a thin or not. You figure out real quick whether it is. Amen? And just repent to be sure. <laughs> Lord, I'm not sure if I was supposed to get angry at that person, but I did. And Lord, if I wasn't supposed to, forgive me. Because chances are, if you're already feeling conflicted about it, it's your conscience. God's speaking to you. But now, how do we get there? Do we get there by the things we do? No, but by what Jesus did. But only those who have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's how we get in. So today, everybody look up at me, please. Be encouraged. Here's the smile again. Be encouraged. Jesus died for your sins. He's the one who makes you light. And now you don't have to be in darkness. So if anybody stays in darkness, is it their fault they can't get in? I mean, it's, is it anybody else's fault that they can't get in other than their own? No, it's their fault. If you live in darkness, whose fault is it that you can't enter in? It's your fault. I won't read this Revelation passage, but I'll let you do that at your own time. But look at this together as we get ready to close out. I'm going to read it without any sassy commentary, okay? And you just tell me if I preached the right message today. Because everything Paul said should line up to what Jesus said, right? Because Jesus is the Lord of Paul, and Jesus is the Lord of Joe, right? So we're learning from Ephesians, and so it should line up with what Jesus said in the gospel. Paul said, if you have already forgot, which I know some people do in the middle of a sermon, you forget what we're talking about. Today I'm talking about being children of the light. 
and how Jesus wants you to have nothing to do with darkness, but rather expose it, and that you'll bring forth the fruit of the light, which is goodness, righteousness, and truth, and that you will literally wake up from the dead, let Christ shine on you, and be a light to the world. Did you all get that message today? Let's see what Jesus had to say. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so it can give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I think we should stand up and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on, thank Jesus today for the light that he's given us. Band and altar workers, come please. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout. Hallelujah, if you believe it today, that you're the light of the world because Christ lives in you. Woo! See, that gets me excited. So what's my prayer for the people that I name? Let's talk about Bill in closing. My prayer for Willow Creek is that they get some of this. Come on, Willow Creek. Be the light of the world. Bring that pastor before the 24,000 and have them repent. Let the women's stories be dealt with. Stop hiding the sin in the church. Amen? How many are tired of pedophiling priests? Get them out. How many are tired of crooked politicians? Get them out. How many are tired of people in the school system wasting money? Let's get them out. And I'm not talking by violence. I'm talking by the light that's within us. We show them the difference. We show them the difference. You see, I can offer my counseling to Bill Hybels. Why? Because the light of the world is in me, the light of Christ. I could sit down with Bill today and say, Bill, let's talk about it. Because I put my business on Facebook the other day and there wasn't a peep from one woman ever saying that about me. Because I never meet with women alone. I never compliment them in a weird way. I don't give them full frontal hugs. Are you listening? And I'll cry right now talking about it. Because I got young men that believe God is in me. And their reputation of me means something. And what my wife believes about me means something. And what this community and you as members means something. I don't want it said about me. And then I go scurry off back down to Pensacola and you say, well, where's Joe? Well, that's over now. He got caught and he scurried off like a cockroach. Like a little cockroach. See, little filthy things like darkness, right? They like darkness. Little filthy, filthy things. Little, little rats like darkness. How many of y'all have had rats before? Come on, don't you all lie in church. I used to have some rats up in the crib. I come home, they were chilling. They didn't think nothing was wrong. Just eating the food, just chilling. Flip on the lights. Oh, they run when those lights come. What do criminals do when they see the police? They run. Come on. What do they do when they see us at Wright College? They cross over the other street to that street to that street. They say, we know who they are. Hello. You know what I'm talking about. 
But here's the deal. We're not mean, are we? But we're passionate because we care about them. I have friends that go to Willow Creek. I care about them. I'm embarrassed for them. I'm embarrassed for the church today. That's why, just look up at me one more time before we go. Look, look, that's why I don't dress up anymore. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm serious. I began to figure it out. I was like, you know what? Everybody trying to put on a show in church, I'll be the first one to take off the mask. So here's what I said to myself. Here's what I said. Wear what you would wear on Sunday if you weren't going to church to do something that you were trying to impress everybody else with. This is what I wear. Instead of wearing something on Sunday, this, this is not Bible. I'm just telling you my opinion. Instead of wearing something on Sunday, I can't wait to change out of. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. To then put on this and be like, now let's go out and have a good time today. So I just cut out the middle part. I just, I'm just going to put on what I want to have a good time today in. So if somebody's like, let's go to the beach. I'm ready to go to the beach. Let's go out for Sunday. I'm ready to go. But, now, but, but why? But it was, it was, listen, it was a deliberate, it was a deliberate thing I did. If we could just turn down the music a little bit. You guys are playing fine. It's just coming loud for me. Thank you. Because here, here, here was a deliberate thing. It sounds small, but it was a, deli a deliberate thing because I started having people want to be religious in our church. And I was noticing that they were, were thinking, I'm not, I'm not talking about people wanting to dress up. Praise God. You want to come here in a suit, nobody's going to say you can't wear one, okay? We're not, like, angry at you. But just track with me. I just noticed that the people that wanted to dress up had an expectation of what this was supposed to be. And they didn't want it to be another way. So I wanted it to be the way Christ wanted it to be. And I thought that was a distraction. So now watch. They they started giving me dress clothes. People in the church at this time started giving me dress clothes, like sending me hints. And I'll tell you what, I started wearing them. I said, I don't want to be rude. Got me some button-down, tucked-in khaki, uh, you know, button-down shirt with tucked-in khaki pants, you know, business cash, what they call business cash. And this is what I began to realize. This is what I realized. Nothing wrong. People dress like that. I'm not saying it's a wrong thing, but hear my heart. I felt at that point, what people were really saying was, you come up here and perform for us, and then we'll perform for you. So in other words, you come be our Bill Hybels, and we'll go be your Willow Creek. And I want everyone to hear this as sassy as it is. To hell with that. This is not a church built on me trying to seek you in your flesh to appease you with some kind of a service that tickles your ears and then we play a little make-believe and we perform religious things for each other. This is a place where disciples are made, where people live in the light and people come out of the closet and say, this is who I really am, and I'll tell God, I'll tell everybody, I don't care because I know that's not who I'll be anymore. When I confess it, it's over. Christ gives me a new me, and now I'll confess that. See, there's a difference. Can I tell you one more story? One more story. One more story. Here it is. I, I was at a restaurant, got the attention because my children were there. They couldn't help but stop and talk to us. I had a Chicago for Jesus shirt on. We were talking. 
They told me they were looking for a church. I said, this church over here, one of the bigger churches in my area, I'm in the Barrington area. Guy looks just like me, but it looks like him and I could be brothers, but, but watch. This is literally what the guy said to me. I went there and I felt he was greasy and slimy. I thought he was a used car salesman. <laughs> he looked right at me and he goes, but I can tell you're real. And I said, you don't know how real I am until you sit on the pew and see if you can take the heat come Sunday. Now listen, then he said, well, you know, that's far, that's far. And I said, man, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm a truck driver. I said, brother, you drive for a living. Drive your behind from there to here. A church alive is worth the drive. But you see this? Because this is what I see people are, this is not about me, but let me tell you why I say this story. Because it's easy for men, especially men, to get cynical of the church and go, this pastor looks like this and this one looks like this. But then when they meet a real one, they don't really want to do what it takes. They still just want to sit on the sideline. And see, that's where the rubber meets the road. See, I'm not here to just point fingers at so-and-so and say, you remind me of a used car salesman. That's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is get out there and be in the streets, be where your community, where our community is, be where your friends and family are, be where my friends and family are. Boom, do the thing. One last story. I got to just keep going. Come on. We got to review one star on Google. You know what it said? We got a 4.8 rating, praise God. Rate us on Google if you haven't already. Helps people find the church. But watch this. I love it. I love it. One star. You know what they said? I thought this church was, and I'll just say the name. I don't agree with it, but this is what they said. I thought this church was like new life, all slick and about the money. That's what they said. Until I ran into them. Because <laughs> he saw it from the sign, I guess. Then I realized they were more, this is what he said, judgmental and more intense than Jehovah Witnesses. He said, I've run into them not one time, not two times, but three times at a bus stop in front of their church. And then he said, they harassed me, X, Y, and Z. And I know no, nobody harassed you, sir. You just got your worldview rocked by the freedom of speech in America. That's all that happened because we don't beg nobody to stop. But on that corner, what my grandfathers fought for, I get to say it, whether you like it or not. Welcome to America, son. So he felt harassed. I call it getting his worldview rocked. And then this is what he said. He said, man, go anywhere but there. And I thought to myself, well, at least you know something you didn't know before. Because the best of our city, come on. I love New Life Covenant. I know Pastor Choco. Not going to go there because some Puerto Ricans will be like, oh, don't you go on Choco right now. Now listen, I love Choco. That's my friend. He loves Jesus. But watch. He already threw Choco under the bus said, man, he's all about money. But they threw the rest under the bus saying these slick churches. One thing he didn't say about us is that we were manipulating him to get money. See, now, lesson learned. Well, he thought he, you harassed him, Joe. I'll take that any day. You know why? Because that's what the world thinks when you show them light. If you went into a movie theater and turned on these lights, what do you think they would do? They would start squinting their eyes. If you're used to darkness and you see light, it's offensive to you. I told a story in the first service. There was a Twilight Zone uh, uh, episode about everybody looking disgusting. They had like pig noses and faces, but there was one beautiful girl in there which didn't have the pig nose and face. And in the Twilight Zone episode, they wanted to flip the script, is everybody made fun of the girl without the pig nose. You don't have a pig nose. You don't look like us. Because that's what they thought was weird is the one without the pig nose. You see, that's what they think about you.
because you're not filthy like them. You're not dirty like them. You're light, so they put you down. But get your courage. Get your strength. Go out there. Little sheep, come on. Bah, bah. Let us all go out there and let's multiply. Let's multiply. That's what I'm going to do. Somebody always, I heard a pastor say this. Sheep multiply, shepherds lead sheep. I said, no, man. Even though I'm a shepherd, I'm still God's sheep. I'm going to go out in this world and multiply. Let my light shine. Amen. Father, thank you for today. I don't know who's coming back next week, so I kept them a little bit longer this week. Lord, if this is the last message, some of my friends here today, at least they know what we believe here. Now I pray that we all live as children of the light. Every now and then you give me a strong message like this, Lord, so I know we can take it. But I pray, Lord, we don't just hear Joe's emotion, my passion. I pray we hear your heart of love through this because it's your heart of love that wants the world to be like it is in heaven. A few moments before we go, would you pray that your light would shine in Culver's, on your job, wherever you go. You're going to let your light shine. As the band sings, we'll dismiss in just a moment. Come on. You're going to let your light shine on the beach. Michigan Avenue, Lake Shore. You're going to let it shine in your neighborhood. I'm not saying they're always going to like it either, but you're willing to let your light shine. If you've got to confess sin today, get it out. Say, Jesus, forgive me. If you haven't been born again, ask Jesus into your heart today. All of us praying today to be the light of the world. Do it, God. In the name of Jesus. If you believe it, can we give God one more hand clap of praise and a big shout of hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for your patience. I know I kept you. But come up for prayer if you would like to pray with us. Otherwise, we'll see you at Life Groups. God bless you. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. And all that I do and everywhere I go, it doesn't matter what people say about me. I'm going to let it shine. We pray for Willow Creek today. We pray for them to be spared from the foolishness that has happened in that church, the sin. Spare them, oh God. Let the truth come out, God. We pray for this nation and churches that they'll be on fire for you. This little light of mine. Oh, let it shine. Let it shine. One more time, this little light of mine. This little, I want it to shine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus, hallelujah. I'm going to let it shine. Jesus, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Keep praying, those who are up here. We're going to just dismiss the band in just a moment. As we get ready to do that, I want to bless everyone here to be children of light. Those who are praying for whatever area of your life, I pray this over you and those who can hear me. 
God, may your face always shine upon us, and may we reflect your light everywhere we go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And the after party said, amen and amen. Amen. Feel free to keep praying. I'm just dismissing the band, but be the light to the world.